We can't really love them unless we know who they are and appreciate what they're going through and want to uplift them, right? And this is actually the breakdown that's happening in a lot of marriages. Because we're not connecting with our wives, we're trying to help them, fix them, move them along from what they're feeling. Welcome to another episode of Rich in Relationship. And today we're talking about cracking the armor, the power of vulnerability, particularly for men is what we're talking about here. Like this whole stream has been really for guys. So ladies, be patient with me. But I've gotten some great feedback from ladies on some of the other episodes, apparently learning about men's strengths and weaknesses as if you didn't know we had them uh, is really helpful. So thank you for listening and recommending the podcast to other people. Last episode, we talked about no more Mr. Nice Guy. And that's basically this state where we are bending over backwards, selling ourselves out, trying to make our wives happy. And it just pisses them off more and more because guess what? We're being inauthentic, right? And the problem or the key or the heart of that inauthenticity lies in our ability to be vulnerable. That's right. When we're doing the Mr. Nice Guy routine, we're actually wearing armor, right? When we're actually doing everything to please our wives, we're trying to have the relationship work by doing, right? Doing becomes an armor instead of by being available, by being that loving person who wants to serve and help her in the things that she's interested in while still using our own spine and our own strengths, yeah, that's right. So today we're going to talk about really how to remove that armor. It probably shouldn't be cracks in the armor. It should probably be removing the armor. I kind of like that. Removing the armor, the armor, the power of male vulnerability. Let's go with that as a title. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm allowed to change my mind. Yeah, that's part of being vulnerable. Part of being vulnerable is what? Not being perfect. Part of being vulnerable is what? Making mistakes and being okay with it, learning from it, growing from it. So what is the problem? Like, why can't men be emotionally vulnerable? Well, first of all, let's be real. How good are men at being aware of your or women's emotions or anyone's emotions, right? Unless it's blatant, men don't really notice it. Men, women are hardwired to notice emotions, to notice micro-expressions. They've got better peripheral vision than men. They hear things that have an emotional background to it while men hear things that sound threatening. So at night, the wife tends to wake up when the baby cries and the man tends to sleep through it. And the man tends to hear when there's something not right outside. Well, some men sleep through it, if I'm honest, but that really depends on how much they're smoking and drinking, right? A man who's aware generally will wake up for that stuff. It's the, it's the way that we're wired. It's about our brains. And we've talked about that in multiple episodes about how women have much better connections between the left and right lobes. And so they move back and forth between the logical and the creative much faster than men. And men tend to be very one track. And the result is that men have evolved or become or are created as, depending on your perspective, more goal-oriented creatures, while women are more emotionally aware and fine-tuning all the relationships in their family ecology, I'm going to call it. So the result is that uh, women tend to be more social and they tend to talk about their emotions more. They tend to be more in touch with them. Why? Because they're seeing it. It's in their face. They're aware of it. And lying about emotions is very hard to do in a group of women. Lying to a man about your emotion, 
maybe a little easier because we're just not as tuned in as women are. And I say that with all humility. I mean, I'm a relationship coach. I'm really very empathetic. I feel emotions in the room, other people's emotions, as if they're my own. And still, I don't pick up on emotions the way that your average woman does. I'm trained. I've worked at it. Uh, I have a strong intuition. And still, as a man, I'm awesome. As a woman, I'm a lightweight. It's just how it is. So if this is true, and I'm telling you it is, how do men go from being these kind of emotionally awkward, clumsy creatures to sharing themselves and being vulnerable? And what are some of the other problems involved, right? We have identified one problem is that men are emotionally klutzy. That's probably the best way to put it. Another one is that as a result of these differences between men and women, societal expectations around what men will share and won't share are different than what women will share and won't share. And I want you to really, oh yeah, duh. No, I want you to really get this. What that means is even when husband and wife have been together for some time and know each other quite well, there is still programming in both the man and the woman that says men get back on the horse when they fall off. Men take the next step when they stumble. Men don't need to explore their emotions to get things done and probably shouldn't. In fact, there's a societal predisposition that states that when men are in touch with their feelings, they're effeminate. And that's not always seen as a positive, though in many cultures it is. Between a man and a woman, a husband and wife, all right, there is definitely a dynamic where being soft and vulnerable for the man is difficult. It's difficult for him and even unexpected and maybe even discouraged. It might make you, I want you to think about this. If you're a wife listening to this show right now, how comfortable are you when your man cries? Really? I mean, and how often does that happen? Right? I've wept in front of my wife a couple times, and I'll tell you the first time, she didn't know what to do. I actually had to tell her. And we talked about it, and we processed it, right? We talked about, why is this? And she says, well, you just don't cry. Right? She had an expectation that I don't cry. You don't cry. And I said to her, you know, there are times when I'm going to cry. There are times when I'm going to have feelings of hurt, fear, sadness, right? And what's normal for men is to avoid hurt, fear, and sadness. What's normal for men is to either shut down emotionally or go to blame and anger. So if we look at the work of Brene Brown, Brene Brown states that for men, shame shows up in two ways, as emotional shutdown or rage. The implication here is that not only is there a cultural norm that men need to keep their armor on and stay strong, but there may even be shame around having emotions that look less than strong. And why is it that men often go to anger and blame and don't spend a lot of time in sadness? You know, a friend of mine's father passed away last week. And this week, he was acting like everything was normal. And he basically said in the call, oh, you know, um, I took my mom's dying a lot harder. This is okay. What's going on? Yeah, I feel, I feel okay. 
And I said to him, bro, you're going to need to take some time to mourn. Take some time to grieve. Right? It's okay to have those feelings. He said, I will. He heard me. We didn't talk about the how or the where or the when. right? Because I wasn't, this is a friend. I wasn't working with him formally. Uh, and if when he's ready to have that conversation, we'll have it. Because that's what friends do. They didn't come to me asking for help with this. I offered it to him as a friend who's had experience with this. And I guarantee you that when he takes to that time to mourn and grieve, for him, it will most likely be on his own. He will process it on his own. He will most likely not take the time with his wife to share his deep sadness and hurt over the loss of his father, even though he's got all kinds of good reasons why he shouldn't be feeling that way. The fact is... And when your parents dies, even if you hate their guts, you feel a sense of loss. And he didn't hate his guts. He loved his dad. Loves his dad. Okay, where are we going? To some extent, toxic masculinity, which is where guys are out there being ultra dudes, is all about, I'm not going to have those feelings. It's all about unfeeling attacked. It's all about, this is how a man should be. And... What's interesting is that it's perceived as toxic. And there's a reason why it's perceived as toxic. When I say it's interesting, I don't mean, oh, it's not toxic. It's interesting that we see it that way. It's interesting that we've labeled that as toxic now because it's toxic. It's not only toxic to women because a lot of times in that toxic masculinity, we're seeing men put down women. We're seeing them uh, say that they should be in charge. We see them saying that they should be dominant, right? But it's toxic to men. And it's toxic to men because it does not give us permission to have those basic feelings of sadness, hurt, and fear. And here's how this works, all right? The way that human beings are wired on the baseline is vulnerability. And out of that vulnerability comes two possible responses. When we feel that our vulnerability has been violated in some way, we feel hurt, we feel sad, we feel fearful. When we feel our vulnerability is being rewarded, we feel loved, connected, and cared for. However, when we don't allow ourselves to have one set of those feelings, we can't fully have the other. Aha. Here's how this goes, men. I want you to hear this. I want you, I'm going to talk you through it, actually. Okay, I'm a strong guy. My dad just died, and I'm, I'm going to wall it off. Uh, I'm just going to compartmentalize it. It doesn't matter that much. I'm going to get through this. I'm good, even. I'm good. I'm going to go to work. Then we go down the street. Maybe we bump into someone. Maybe we bump into a friend who uh, just lost a loved one and they're crying about it. And we say, dude, what are you crying about? Oh, I just, I just lost my wife. And we say, wow, that's tough. But hey, you know what? It's going to be okay. It's going to be good, right? You, you know what? You need to get back on your horse. You need to get moving again. So instead of really connecting, what we do is we start trying to fix them. Right? And this is actually the breakdown that's happening in a lot of marriages. Because we're not connecting with our wives, we're trying to help them, fix them, move them along from what they're feeling. It's the same thing what I'm talking about here. But when we come across that guy who's lost his wife and we say, oh man, my dad just died. And he goes, really? I go, yeah. Oh, and I can't tell you, I'm so sad. And I've been feeling so alone. He says, me too. And then we connect. Our hearts connect because we're sharing our grief together. And out of that connection comes, we start to see what it's like to walk in the other person's shoes. Out of that connection, they start to see what it's like to walk in ours. Out of that connection, out of that empathy, 
we have the ability to really love. Because we can't really love unless we know who it is that we are loving over there. We can't really love them unless we know who they are and appreciate what they're going through and want to uplift them. And when we love them, we are actually investing them with a piece of ourselves. Yeah, it's a very power. Love is a very powerful spiritual tool. When we love someone, we are investing who we are, literally. We are breathing our spirit into their spirit. It's incredibly powerful. But we can't do that unless we allow ourselves to be available to those feelings of sadness, fear, and hurt. The victim emotions that our society frowns on, the victim emotions that men are not supposed to roll in, the victim emotions that we're not supposed to hang out in. Right? We're supposed to we fall off your horse, you get back on. Going gets tough, the tough get going. And there are almost no role models for this. In fact, I, I keep finding, my thinking, finding myself thinking that maybe the reason why we have trouble accepting men who have relationships with men is because those men generally are more in touch with their feminine side and their emotions, and we're afraid of, of that. We tend to judge them as bad or there's something wrong with them, or we just don't even judge. It's unconscious. There's like an unconscious bias. What if the unconscious bias about men having sex with men or women having sex with them, that doesn't seem to bother men as much, the women part, men having sex with them, what if that bias, what if that fear is really about our fear of having those softer emotions and connecting? What if we're, we're afraid that if we have those softer emotions, we might, we might get it from them? I wonder if there's something to that. I'm just putting it out there as an idea. And by the way, I'm not saying that men having sex with men is good. And I'm saying that, that men having sex with men is bad. What I'm saying is, what if the judgment that something's not right there is coming from this place of, I'm not going to have those feelings and it's not right that they are. Right? I mean, when you think about it, who are the role models for vulnerability in our culture? I actually have been, was rescued from a problem with drinking by drag queens. And so I have a real soft spot here around this. And the truth is that when nobody else could help me, they took a bunch of drag queens to lift me up and they would take me out to coffee with them. And by the way, I didn't have any interest in men. Like I just wanted help. They would take me out to coffee with them and they would talk about the Halloween parade and they'd talk about dressing up uh, as women and I, I, like it was totally unrelatable to me. But then, you know, when I, they would say, hey, how are you doing? What's going on with you? How's it going not drinking? Hey, here's what you can do about that, right? They fed into me, right? And because I allowed them to feed into me, I stopped drinking. So I got a soft spot for guys like this because they nurtured me and cared for me in a way that other men were on a, would not allow themselves to. It's not that they weren't able to. They would not allow themselves to. And at the time, I was avoiding women like the plague because women were just as bad as alcohol for me. I used to use and abuse women. You know, I, I did not know what a partnership was. I was, I was a toxic male. Right? And these guys said, yeah, you're messed up. 
but we're going to help you get, get your head straight. And once you get your head straight, the other things will fall into place. And that was true, right? So what I'm saying is maybe we should shelf the judgments and just care about people for who they are and get that we all make our choices and the choices we make and the consequences of those choices fall on us, right? So whatever the consequences of their choices, that falls on them. What are the consequences of my choices, that falls on me. All right, so emotionally vulnerable. So what we need to be emotionally vulnerable is, first of all, we need to give ourselves permission to have those feelings. And secondly, we need to practice it because um, men are not very good at it. And third, we need to express it, which is something men are really bad at. Expressing emotion, not one of our prime strengths, unless you've had a lot of therapy. You know, I've been trained in this area, not one of our strengths. And in order to do that, we need to come to an understanding with our partner that, and say to them, hey, I'm going to do something that uh, I probably should have done a long time ago. I need you to know that I'm having some feelings and I hope you won't think less of me for sharing these with you. Cause, uh, but I think that I'm going to be a better partner and a better protector and provider and leader and servant by sharing this side of me with you. Can I have your permission to share some of my feelings of being a victim, some of my feelings of sadness, some of my feelings of hurt? And there's not a woman on the face of the earth that isn't going to say yes, unless she's really mad at you. And maybe you're asking at the wrong time if she's really mad at you and you're asking, you know, that would be part of men don't under, don't pay attention to the emotions in the room. They don't read the room very well. You want to read the room very well before you do this. But the first thing is to ask permission. And the second thing is I would strongly suggest working with I statements. Uh, I statements go like this. So the order of an I statement is I feel when, because, not I, because. So I feel sad when we're not intimate and it's been a few months because my connection to you is really important to me. So the third part, the because needs to be always be about me, not the other person. If you say something like, I feel sad when we're not intimate for a period of time and it's been a few months because you're an angry bitch, you're not going to get very far, right? What you've done then is you've gone out of being vulnerable and into anger, right? And anger is useful, but not in that context. So if you want to be vulnerable, you need to let go of the anger and stick with, I feel sad when because. I feel hurt when because. I feel afraid when because. And the because is always about me, not them. Always about you, not them. So try that out. That is my advice to you. And if you want to learn more about this stuff, um, I actually do a lot of work with couples, uh, helping them to have uh, release toxic communication and build positive communication. Um, I do a ton of work with guys, helping them to save their marriage. Uh, and I even help people who are getting divorced, individuals and couples, uh, individuals that are not couples, individuals and parents to create ways of communicating with each other that's effective and let go of what's toxic for the sake of the children. Reach out to me. Direct message me, send me an email, whatever you feel is appropriate. Uh, ask me some questions. I'm here for you. And the reason why is this is like my mission. This is my purpose in life. This is what fulfills me. It fulfills me to help you with these things. So contact me. Um, if you liked what you heard, please subscribe. Subscribe, subscribe. Recommend it to other people. And men, it is okay to be vulnerable. We can take our armor off and put it back on. In fact, I would submit to you that if you want to be physically intimate, 
you're going to be a lot more comfortable with your armor off 